0: Welcome to a God Shift Podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence. Move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so thrilled that you are here today. If you've been here before, you know that I have a favor to ask before we get started with the interview. I would love for you to take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this episode. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media. Tag us here at A God Shift, and then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why do I ask you to do that? I do that because my mission for all of my platforms is to make sure that people understand that whatever it is that they're going through, that there is hope on the other side of that and that there's God in the middle of that. And so the more times that these episodes get shared, the more that we can all kind of do our part in making sure that that mission comes to life. Well, I am really excited. About my guest today, I know I say that a lot, but I truly am excited because even though the conversations are all around why God uses disruption in our lives, the conversations always end up being vastly different, and it always excites me. So let me read his bio, and then we're going to get to what I know is going to be a great conversation. So my guest today is the president and CEO of True Face. He lives in Dawsonville, Georgia with his wife, Emily, and their eight children. Prior to serving at True Face, he served for seven years as the director of adult ministry environments and men's group for North Point Community Church in Atlanta, a church founded by Andy Stanley. Prior to joining North Point, he and his wife worked in a professional counseling and aid work for Samaritan's Purse. They served in Pakistan and Myanmar overseeing international disaster response teams. They both received a master's in community counseling from Appalachian State University. He also holds a business degree from the University of Florida and a certificate in biblical studies from Dallas Theological Seminary. I want to welcome to the show, Robbie Engel.
1: Thanks, Amy. Good to be here.
0: So I want to lay a bit of context for this conversation This is called a God shift. And my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, and then that moves you into greater realms of possibility. Because, Robbie, I believe that God uses disruption, unexpected circumstances, things that we never could have seen coming our way, or sometimes we see them and we just ignore them. But I believe that he uses those things to get our attention. And then once he has our attention... That's when he can really invite us into the life that he has planned for us. So I would love if you could share with the audience a time that you've actually had to overcome some form of disruption in order to get to where you are today.
1: Uh, thanks, Shana. I, I I love how we have this loving father that knows us and loves us uniquely and specifically. And I love this podcast and the premise of it because It's just stories of how a loving father, you know, pursues each of us and he knows our issues, how he made us and he loves us. And I'm a unique uh, story in some ways, because the biggest disruption of my life where I ended up feeling broken and um, and therefore ready to experience God's grace on a deeper level was really as a result of success in ministry And, uh, I've been a pretty awesome Christian my whole life. So all of us, like what us high drive, high achievers that come to faith. It's like, okay, God, here we go. And, um, I mean, I was president of FCA in high school. I was student staff with young life in college. I was like, okay, God, toughest ministry field. Let's go. I thought it was the business world to represent God, give all, make a bunch of money, give it all away. Um, and then ended up doing foster care stuff and then, uh, work, working in respite care. And really a lot of this stems from how God made me from a young age. I had a really authentic faith. God's the only thing that matters and a really overwhelming awareness of the brevity of life. We're going to be dead in a heartbeat. God's the only thing that matters. And so as a high drive, high achiever, type a eight Enneagram firstborn son with all those issues, I was like, let's go. And so I'm like, God just blessed me. And I end up doing missionary work in northern Pakistan, Al-Qaeda territory. I was 25 years old uh, after the earthquake in 05. And it was amazing. It it was like... Uh, Our USAID grant fell through. So my boss said, go up to Muzaffarabad, the capital of Kashmir, and see if you can get some projects going. So a helicopter drops me off. I walk up the hill, get a translator, start going to sector meetings, and we start getting grants. We start doing missions work in these villages where we were the first Westerners and Christians that these people had ever met in their life, led a guy to Christ. I mean, it was like uh, Samaritan's Purse loved me. I'm doing this amazing ministry. And you know, everything on paper was everything I'd hoped for. Wow. And it, when we're like in middle school, I don't know about your Sunday school teachers, but I had this low grade thing in my ears that if you really love Jesus, then you'll either be like Billy Graham or a missionary in Africa. Right. And so, <laughs> no in between. That's right. And so I'm like, man, missionary in Africa, missionaries in Africa are lightweights. I'm in Pakistan, Al Qaeda territory, like, Killing it. And so on paper, everything was just everything I'd hoped for. And internally, I was a mess. And God, God loves me so much. And He goes, Man, I know I made this high drive, high achiever with serious pride issues. And Robbie needs to come to the end of himself through successes in order to experience his issues of pride, of how much he's missing out on grace, of understanding the truth of the gospel. And so Uh, There was a part about six months into my time in Pakistan where everything on paper was amazing. Super Christian for Jesus. like, uh, And internally, I was a mess, which started revealing to me the depths of some of what I was missing.
0: Yeah, you're the perfect example of what I mean when I say God knows what it's going to take to get your attention. And what it would take to get your attention may not be the same thing that it's going to take to get my attention and vice versa. And so it it makes me chuckle a little bit when people are like, but why is this happening to me? Because if it didn't happen and something else happened. God would never be able to get your attention. He would never be able to get you either who it is that he needs you to be or where it is that he needs you to be. And, um, and so I just hope that listening recognize that whatever is happening it's not happening for you it's happening to you and if he didn't allow that thing to happen you would have just been going on super jesus follower <laughs> and you would have what would have happened if god would not have used that to get your attention where would that pride and lack of grace and all of the things that you feel like he was using what do you think would have happened in your life if he would not have been like let me reel him in
1: well, I would still be trying to earn his favor instead of receiving it, and yeah. that—that's what led to the brokenness. So I'm—I was super disoriented. I'm sitting on the—the the roof of our house in muzaffarabad about, about six months in, going, God, what is going on? And I felt like my father smiling at me, going, Robbie, stop. Like, I love you. I know I made you with this drive, but I'm good. I don't need you to do this work. I'm okay. I got it taken care of as God. Uh, And Robbie, I felt like in that moment, I heard him saying, Robbie, I'd rather you go back to the States and be a janitor in a high school and aware of my love for you for 10 minutes a day. I would prefer that to experience relationship with you for 10 minutes a day. You just receiving my love, then doing 15 hours of ministry for me a day. And Shana, that my initial response to that was like, no, 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 God, 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 please, please, please. I need this. I will do anything for you except nothing for you. And it was such a shocking response that then the way the Holy Spirit works in that millisecond after that, I felt like Him going, Robbie, that's the ceiling of your experience of grace, of love, because you can't receive my love. You have to earn it. And and that has started a process of me realizing the depths of my pride. I mean, I was doing, uh, you know, the motive of why we do ministry and religion often is, in my case, it was to to get to the end of my life and look back on a life well lived and with with less regrets and more impact for God. And I was really functioning for a lot of my life. And I wake up predisposed to function under this wrong mentality that more right behavior plus less lo- more right behavior plus less wrong behavior equals godliness that yeah. being a jesus follower is that equation and that's anything but biblical but that's what a lot of us function under as christians and so the the different equ- that equation of do more right stuff for god sin less and i'll be better with god is is a pleasing, striving mentality of religion that is comfortable for me because it keeps me in control. And I've missed out on grace, which looks like the gospel that I, I read in the New Testament looks like trusting and receiving equals maturity and godliness and discipleship. It's what he's done, and it's receiving that and experiencing his love and loving others that is, is much harder for me to trust than it is to please or to strive or to earn. Yeah. And that's the source of a lot of my issues.
0: And it's the source of so many people's issues, because I believe that the number one question that we ask, especially if we find ourselves in transition, if we find ourselves at a crossroads, we may not ask it as often when we have set accomplished everything that we've set out to do. But most times the number one question that people ask God is, what do you want me to do? And I believe that that is, you know, trying to achieve can sometimes be something that causes so much mayhem in our lives. And not that there's anything wrong with achievements. I am a type A go-getter, figure it out. I've been that way all of my life, even as a child. However, You hit the nail on the head when you said sometimes the Lord is more about, number one, who it is that he needs us to become, especially for future seasons of our life, and also so much more how he just wants us to recognize who he is in our lives, and he doesn't care as much about what it is that we're doing. Yes, there are things that he would have us to do, but when we become so focused on what it is that we're supposed to be doing that we lose sight Of who it is that he is in our lives, we can really miss what it is that he wants us to do next because seasons expire. And sometimes when we've got our head down and we're so focused on what it is that we need to do, we can miss sometimes when he's like, okay, now I need you somewhere next, which is why in my life, I was the business girl for years. And when the Lord was calling me to ministry, he had to allow all of that to dry up because I was going off and speaking in different countries and working with celebrities and politicians and doing all the things and making all the money and having everything that I ever could have wanted. And he was like, if I let this girl keep going like she's going, she's never going to pay attention to the fact that I now need her to build the kingdom in the same way that she has been building the marketplace. And so we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Robbie, we're going to talk a little bit about when someone is off to the races and God disrupts their life, what are some of the things that they can do to actually shift their life forward in a more positive way? So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. All right. So we're talking all things disruption. And so Robbie, if somebody is listening to this episode right now, because I really believe that God wants disruption to be a tool that moves us forward. But like we talked a little bit before the break, there's so many things that we can focus on that a lot that, that disruption actually ends up keeping us stuck instead of being the tool to move us forward that God really designs for it to be. And so if someone is listening to this episode right now and they're saying, you know what, Robbie and Shayna sure seem to have this thing all together when their lives got shook up. And I too want to move my life forward in a more positive way after it's been disrupted. What would be something that you could tell them that they could start doing right away?
1: Well, I, I think this is probably different than a lot of us think because a lot of us get stuck like we've been doing the christian thing and we, if we're honest with ourselves we talk about our relationship with god and we're like is that really a relationship or is it just a scaffolding of of perspectives of how to live with this like eternal kicker at the end and we 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 read about peace and freedom and this wellspring of life from the holy spirit in us and that's more conceptual than experiential and so a lot of times we get we get something broken or disoriented uh and that could be a good thing like successes of or that could be a bad thing like an addiction a breakup whatever that is and so oftentimes when something happens we swing to the other side and try to fix it in order to feel better and make right our relationship with god and but even that can miss out on him because in my case it was be a super Christian and get my life together to feel better about my stuff. And I think the subtlety of experiencing peace and freedom is trusting the truth that we are redeemed sons and daughters of the King. There's a statement in a book that taught this theology and identity called The Cure, What If God Isn't Who You Think He Is and Neither Are You by John Lynch, Bill Thraw, and Bruce McNichol. There's a quote in there that says, do we see ourselves as sinners striving to be saints? Or as saints who occasionally sin. So Mm. when disruption happens, if we want to get to the source and not just deal with the symptoms, I think we have an honest conversation with God and say, God, do I actually believe that you have made me righteous, that I have access to the Holy Spirit, that I'm perfectly loved today? on my worst day, in the middle of the mess, and you're not waiting for me to clean my stuff up in order to be closer to you, that we're perfectly close now, and that I just get to walk with you maturing into who you've already made me to be. And so the practical thing I would say is um, be honest with God and say, God, I don't feel like we can be close. I feel like you're needing me to do this, fix this, in order to be better, to experience peace and freedom. And just ask him what he thinks, and if it's really true that he loves us as deeply as he does in the middle of whatever's happening. That's yeah. the gospel of grace that I've been processing, realizing, and starting to experience things that he's made, said he made possible, like peace and freedom, that has been elusive a lot of my life as I've tried to earn it.
0: That's so good. So Robbie, I um, have done a little studying about you and I know you to be a creator. So you help churches with strategy. You've written resources for small groups. There's a lot that you have done to help people understand how to function better in community, how to get this thing called grace correct, how to overcome shame, a lot of different things um, that you have done. So if someone is listening to this episode right now, number one, I want you to tell them, how they can follow you on social media, and then what would you like to offer them if they would like to take things further with you?
1: Yeah, you can check out the True Face podcast or go to trueface.org or download the True Face Life app. Uh, We've got small group studies, training for small group leaders, pastors. Uh, We have a nine-month discipleship framework, a one-on-one conversational guide. All of these resources are grace-based relational discipleship resources to help churches and individuals experience deeper relationships with God and others.
0: That is so good. So you all the links to all of that stuff will be in the show notes so that all you have to do is click it and you can go straight to it. Everyone share, share, share this episode so that people can get these things right in their lives, especially those high achievers that are in your lives because so many of us who are high achievers, we don't really have any place that we can be visibly vulnerable to learn some of these things because we can't let anybody know that we don't have it all together. So share, share, share this episode. Robbie, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you everyone. Please go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. And I'll see you right back here next week. Goodbye, everybody. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.